Yeah, I would say for everybody that's associated with Tennessee, we need to raise our expectations, okay? There, there's, there's, and I know um, everybody's excited we went 85 and, and finished the year the right way, uh, but we, we, we've got to raise our expectations as a program, as a fan base, uh, because the people we're competing against, I, they, they've been trying to kick us while we've been down, right? Okay, we've been kicked around a little bit. Well, it's time for us to start doing a little bit of kicking ourselves. That was Jeremy Pruitt last week here in Nashville talking to fans and sending a message on expectations and where Tennessee football goes next. And after a couple of staff changes on Monday, now Tennessee has to go in a new direction with three different positions that are now open on Jeremy Pruitt's staff. Two of them are reportedly already being filled. I'm going to tell you about Tennessee's new defensive line and linebackers coach as Ben McKee from the Swain event will join us out of Knoxville. But the director of player personnel is open. There's recruiting questions to be asked and even a little update on Tennessee basketball and why I think I can diagnose the issues with this Vols Hoops team in 2019 and 2020. It's episode number 30 of the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. Let's do it. The top stories and the top insiders on Rocky Top. This is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast with your host, Will Bowling. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever or wherever you may be listening. Thanks for joining us here on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast on the 104.5 The Zone Podcast Network. My name is Will Bowling. Your host is always here at The Zone, digital content producer, head of all of our podcast content here, and host of this podcast as well as many others on the 104.5 Podcast Network. The UT Podcast, though, brought to you by Brentwood Hearing Center, who's your sound solution now for over 30 years. And if you find yourself having trouble with the Tennessee hands-free law, making it illegal for drivers to hold a phone in your hand, I'll raise my hand, say I have an issue with that still. Let Brentwood Hearing Center introduce you to the Phonak Marvel. It's a new hearing aid that's going to connect wirelessly to your iPhone or Android device and your television, too. So listening to this podcast hands-free is now so much easier with hearing aids that are connected via Bluetooth technology to both iPhone and Android devices. They're online at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com. You can give them a call as well at 615-377-0420. Let their team with five doctors of audiology and more than 85 years of combined experience, diagnose your hearing needs. The number again is 615-377-0420. They're online at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com. Okay. So things uh, have changed for Tennessee's coaching staff here at the beginning of the week. We're going to talk about that today. Um, Coming up here in a couple of minutes, we're going to chat with Ben McKee. I'm going to ask him how expected these changes were. Because we clearly saw that with Tennessee's running backs coach hire, it, it took a little bit of time to figure out that Jay Graham was going to be the next running backs coach at the University of Tennessee. I think these hires and how quickly they've been made, the replacements for Tracy Rocker and Chris Rumpf, it's obvious that these changes were expected. So we're going to talk to Ben McKee about that and diagnose uh, exactly what Jeremy Pruitt and this staff is trying to do and trying to achieve with a little bit of a youth movement. We're going to uh, discuss that here coming up in a couple of minutes. Plus, uh, hang with us at the end of the episode. We'll talk some Tennessee hoops. I think there's one key problem with Tennessee basketball right now. It's holding them back in 2019 and 20 outside of the obvious. 
Uh, I'm going to give you my take on why Tennessee basketball is stuck where it is right now. But we'll start with our conversation of the week. Ben McKee from Knoxville. Let's get into that interview. Uh, talking National Signing Day, talking Tennessee staff changes. Uh, let's get into all that here with Ben. So Ben McKee joins us now here on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. Two members of Jeremy Pruitt's original staff gone today. Tracy Rockers headed to South Carolina. Uh, Chris Rumpf is joining the Houston Texans as the outside linebackers coach. Uh, and then also an important guy off the field as well. Drew Hughes uh, is also going to join Tracy Rocker at South Carolina. Ben, how expected uh, were these changes? Because obviously Jeremy Pruitt has made quick replacements at a couple of these positions, which we'll get into in a moment. Uh, but is it safe to assume that Jeremy Pruitt and his staff expected these two changes to be made sometime this week? Yes. Uh, Chris Rumpf and Tracy, Ro- Tracy Rocker, that move has been in the works um, since the middle of the season, to be quite honest. Uh, not necessarily where they, where they ended up. Uh, Chris Rump to the Houston Texans hasn't been in the works since September or October, uh, but Chris Rump moving on at the end of the season uh, following the conclusion of his two-year contract that he signed has been in the works. And then the the same thing with Tracy Rocker. He he wasn't set to be the, the South Carolina defensive line coach midway through the season, but him moving on following the season, whether that be to an off-the-field role, whether that be him retiring, whether that be him taking a new job, that, that has been in the works since the middle of the season as well. So Tracy Rocker, Chris Rump, those aren't surprising news. Uh, the only thing that's surprising is where Tracy Rocker ended up just because as late as last week I was told that he was going to end up with an off-the-field role for Tennessee. So he was still going to be at Tennessee, just not coaching on the field. And uh, I I haven't heard an explanation as to to what changed, but I would imagine, if I had to guess, and this is pure speculation, but that Tracy Rocker was not fine with with being an off-the-field role for Tennessee. So, he moves on, Chris Rump moves on, uh, and the one that is surprising is Drew Hughes, the director of player personnel for Tennessee, moving on to South Carolina. That is the surprising one. That is the one that comes out of the blue. Uh, Drew Hughes was instrumental in Tennessee signing a, a a very talented class this past recruiting cycle. He was very instrumental in repairing relationship ties, recruiting ties there in Memphis and trying to get that bus back on track. Uh, as we know, the, the Tennessee to Memphis pipeline hasn't been the, the smoothest for the Vols over the last decade. And over the last year, Drew Hughes has been instrumental behind the scenes, taking taking you know his own time and driving himself to Memphis to, to work on those relationships. So he is the surprise and, and kind of unexpected departure. And uh, he will definitely be missed that is that is for sure, and uh, it, it it's you know there's going to be a lot of speculation as to uh, Jeremy Pruitt and and people kind of raising an eyebrow, but I, I don't think it's going to I don't think it's actually as bad as the perception may may seem. Uh, Drew Hughes was simply offered um, you know a deal that he couldn't turn down. He's worked with Will Muschamp in the past, so. 
it, it was nothing against Jeremy Pruitt in Tennessee. He enjoyed his time here in Tennessee. Uh, so I, I, national media members, other SEC towns, their media members, that they will speculate and kind of raise an eyebrow at Jeremy Pruitt. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I think Pruitt, at least on the field roles, is just looking to make an upgrade in the recruiting department. Well, and I think, too, you could definitely tell that the Drew Hughes departure was not expected because of how Jeremy Pruitt and his staff spoke about his role last week in their tour around the state of Tennessee. And Jeremy Pruitt spoke highly of the job that he did, like you said, in evaluating a lot of these prospects um, and really finding diamonds in the rough, so to speak, in evaluating talent and and getting the right guys uh, to join Tennessee's football program. So obviously I, I, I agree with you that that is the surprise of the day's events. Um, but then when you look at the replacements, Tennessee, I think, has a clear youth movement right now on their coaching staff, primarily, like you said, in order to recruit better, not just in the state of Tennessee, but in the southeast and creating more relationships across the country as well. So we'll start on the defensive line. Colorado assistant Jimmy Broombaugh, I believe is how you say his name, uh, according to Bruce Fellman, is the pick to join the Vols staff on the defensive line. Uh, and to me, he has got quite an impressive resume for a guy that I'd actually never heard of until today. Uh, two seasons as the co-defensive coordinator at Maryland. Uh, was at Kentucky for four seasons and coached Zadarius Smith and Bud Dupree uh, and spent the last year on Mel Tucker's staff at Colorado. Uh, like I said, I think the speed of this hire makes it seem pretty expected uh, that Jeremy Pruitt knew what this move was going to be for a couple of weeks. Um, but but what exactly does he bring to the table? Only 42 years old, so a little bit younger um, it, this seems to me, again, to be a pretty clear move to get a younger, more recruiting-savvy staff here in Knoxville. Yeah, and a, a lot of people make uh, fact out of how young Tennessee is, is going, but I, I don't necessarily think that that is a requirement for Jamie Pruitt. Rather, the, the requirement was to get better on the recruiting aspect of things. and Not that Tracy Rocker and Chris Rump were bad recruiters, but Jeremy Pruitt did want a little bit more from those positions uh, in, in terms of recruiting. So uh, it, it was kind of an off-the-wall hire for me just because the name Odell, so the Detroit Lions defensive line coach, uh, that name had been floating around. Uh, Jimmy Brumball, I mean, it, his resume is through the roof. It's about as good of a resume as you can ask for, spent time at several major universities with Kentucky and Syracuse, uh, Maryland, has spent time in Alabama, and as you mentioned, he's developed, developed some great uh, defensive players for the NFL, and Zadarius Smith, and um, the the other name is, is slipping my mind off the top of my mind, Dupree. I should know that yep. since I'm a Steelers fan, but uh, <laughs> I knew it would come at some point. And then I believe I also saw when he coached Chandler Jones, as well, and we all know how Chandler Jones, how his NFL career has gone. So seems to be a really impressive pickup, both X's and O's wise. And I don't necessarily know the specifics of just how great of a recruiter he is. So he hasn't necessarily recruited at a place like Tennessee, uh, an SEC powerhouse, a significant amount of time. It looks like he has ties uh, to the South. Uh, most definitely, not even just the South, but the Northeast, uh, out West, and he's young, and, and not, not not that being young just, 
you know, signals that he's going to be an ace recruiter. But being young does help some. And Ben, too, at outside linebackers, it looks like, again, according to Bruce Feldman, Tennessee has its pick, uh, a guy that was a defensive quality control assistant uh, under Jeremy Pruitt at Tennessee until last year uh, when he joined Akron. But that's Shelton Felton, uh, one of the great names also uh, in the coaching profession, uh, likely coming back to Tennessee. Uh, And, Ben, it sounds like this is, again, a younger guy, spent some time at UTC, uh, a younger guy that Jeremy Pruitt has really liked, uh, and again, brings a lot more youth to the staff. Yeah, and you know, there there's a, a point of emphasis on getting better in recruiting, and, and you mentioned the youthfulness of the hires. Uh, maybe that is Jeremy Pruitt's path towards uh, improving recruiting is adding more youthful guys. I don't know that I necessarily agree with that assessment because you can look at the the Twitter pages of a couple of current Tennessee defensive linemen, uh, Darrell Middleton being the first one that comes to my mind. And I mean, he's tweeting about how Tracy Rocker helped him become a man and, and that he loves him. So obviously Tracy Rocker was doing just fine related to the kids. And I know for a fact Chris Rump related to the kids. I mean, the players absolutely loved playing for him. Uh, Darrell Taylor always spoke highly of him. Kavars Crouch, DeAndre Johnson, Kevon Bennett, they always spoke highly of him. He was a, a true players coach. and um, So they related to the players, but they are getting younger in terms of who they're hiring. But I, what I like about the hire is that Jeremy Pruitt is familiar with him because before Shelton Felton was, was accurate, he was with Jeremy Pruitt during his first season on Rocky Top as a quality control assistant. So I, I like that Jeremy Pruitt knows what he is getting in Shelton Felton, and he doesn't necessarily have to worry about him fitting in. He, he, he's he been at Tennessee. He knows the ropes. Quite frankly, I trust Jeremy Pruitt and his evaluations of uh, most definitely players, but people who understand his system, which is why you saw Brian Niedermeyer move to inside linebackers coach. So it's always kind of hard to, to view a hire as negative sure. right off the cusp, especially with assistant coaches, because we don't know as much about them uh, usually, such as is the case with Shelton Delton. But he has a great name. Jeremy Pruitt trusts <laughs> him. Obviously a pretty uneventful national signing day for Tennessee. They do hit, though, on the two guys that, uh, that they wanted to hit on. Uh, Malachi Weidman, and D. Beckwith, uh, they both commit to Tennessee in what was really a, a a day that I think is pretty disappointing. That it's not more exciting. Maybe uh, as a beat writer, you're you're maybe glad it's it's split up a little bit. That way, the day isn't as crazy. But um, Tennessee really goes two for two. Of course, the white whale still being out there is Zach Evans. But uh, I don't think anybody, including Zach Evans, knows when that saga is going to end. So let's let's stick with Weidman and Beckwith first. Two guys that Rick Barnes say are are going to be on the basketball roster once football ends next season. And I love the joke he made as well about, um, you know, hey, we're just so good at adding midseason guys. We decided to do it a couple more times next year. And uh, I thought that was that was pretty good from Rick Barnes last week. Um, But but Malachi Weidman specifically, uh, you and I both saw his highlight tape that uh, has now once again gone viral on Twitter. This is the kind of guy that makes stupid good plays and stupid athletic plays and makes this receiving core that much quicker, that much more athletic. 
Um, and your boy Jason Swain came on 3HL the other day and said, look, Tennessee now is in a position where it can say they've got one of the best wide receiver classes in the country. Uh, and with Wyman and Beckwith, it's really hard to disagree with that at this point. Yeah, and you don't even mention uh, Jalen Hyatt and Jimmy Callaway. Exactly. Not, not on purpose, not on purpose, but just because they signed during the early signing period. But uh, there's several nuanced talking points to the wide receiver class, and I'll start with uh, with what you bring up with with what Jason Swain said on 3HL uh, there on 104.5 in Nashville is that this is one of the best recruiting classes that Tennessee has signed in quite some time. And uh, we had a, a listener on the Swain event here in Knoxville, uh, I believe commented on our text box, which is a, a method for people to, to comment throughout the show. They can text into the show, Swain, and I see it. And, and I believe the, the, the message read that, or was asking Swain if this was the best wide receiver class uh, that Tennessee has signed since Swain, Brett Smith, and Robert Meacham was coming out of high school. Because if you remember, Robert Meacham was a five-star. Jason Swain was a top 150-player, high-level four-star, uh, as was Brett Smith. And they lived up to the hype. They, they all three had, had tremendous careers at Tennessee, especially Meacham. Meacham goes on uh, to be drafted in the first round by the New Orleans Saints. Swain's ranks top 10 in receptions at Tennessee, had a very nice career there. So Swain and I did some digging when we were asked that question. And uh, based off what we could see, there's only one uh, class that we thought was was better. And to be quite honest, who knows if this this class will turn out to be better production-wise. Right now, all we have to go off of is their star rating. So the the only – class with quote-unquote better ranked receivers than this year's class since that 2003 group uh, was the 2010 class, I believe it was, that had Derrick Rogers, Justin Hunter, and it had two or three other four-stars. Now, those players didn't end up doing anything at Tennessee, but they were still ranked four-stars, and, and so this class is right up there with that. Uh, and what I like about this wide receiver class is that it's very versatile. Jeremy Pruitt, T. Martin, Jim Chaney, uh, Chris Winkie, they went into this recruiting cycle wanting and needing to upgrade the speed at, at the receiver position. Uh, Juwan Jennings, Marquez Callaway, Josh Palmer, uh, they are all great receivers. All three are NFL receivers, but they lacked speed. It's not that they were slow, but they needed to be quicker. They needed to be faster, and Tennessee went out and addressed that in Jalen Hyatt, Jimmy Callaway, Jalen Hyatt, uh, I believe ran a 4.38 during one of the opening regionals uh, there near South Carolina. And then you sign uh, Jimmy Holiday, who will start out at quarterback. I think he'll ultimately end up at wide receiver, but he was timed at a 4.42 uh, opening regional there in Mississippi. So those three guys alone, uh, including Jimmy Callaway, are super fast. And then so you're upgrading the team's speed at the receiver position. And then on top of that, you you go out and add Malachi Wideman, who can be your red zone threat, can be your guy who you throw a fade to in the end zone, and he can go up and jump like Justin Hunter to catch catch some touchdowns, bring some touchdowns down. And then D. Beckwith is going to be the Swiss Army knife. I, I kind of related him to the, the fullback of the San Francisco 49ers, Juszczyk. Uh, I can't say his name, so my apologies for putting it. <laughs> Harvard Juszczyk, great, I think Kyle Juszczyk. Yeah. Yes, thank you. That's what <laughs> that's what you're here for, Will. That's uh, right. But 
not not that uh, D. Beckwith is going to line up as a traditional fullback, but if you if you look back to the Super Bowl, he was catching touchdowns as a fullback, but wasn't necessarily lined up as a fullback. He was just a do it all guy, yep. and that's what you're going to get with D. Beckwith, the guy that can uh, line up outside, he can line up on the inside, he can line up on the line of scrimmage as a tight end, he can line up as an H back, he can line up in the wildcat. You just want to do anything you can to get the ball in his hands, and and that's what I really like about D. Beckwith is that Tennessee is going to really be able to use him in so many different ways, and and he's a a nightmare um, mismatch or a matchup nightmare for opposing defenses because he's a bigger bodied receiver, or you can slide him in on the line, and and he can be an athletic tight end that can really give linebackers and safety's problem. So I, I love the class. I think it, it has speed. Um, they're, they're, they're solid to, to really good football players. They can go up and they can high point the football. They're, they're route runners, and um, they're, they're just simply good football players, and that's what Tennessee has been lacking over the last decade, as we all know. So Ben, I'm gonna I'm gonna send you out here on an, a little bit of an abstract question. Uh, we're gonna combine the basketball storylines going on right now with Tennessee losing to Kentucky, uh, and also the recruiting storyline. So this is going to be your dual sport question. Uh, now that we've talked about a couple of dual sport athletes uh, and Malachi Weidman or D Beckwith, um, what is more likely to happen by the middle of March? Tennessee making a run in hoops and getting back on the bubble, or Zach Evans? committing to the University of Tennessee. Zach Evans committing to the University of Tennessee. That's, I, that's what I was and, leaning and, towards as well. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's not saying that I have like inside info that that is telling me that, oh, Zach Evans is coming to Tennessee. Yeah, sure. That, that, that answer for me has more to do with I just don't think Tennessee's basketball team is equipped to make a run at the NCAA tournament. Are, are they capable of doing it? Yes, but this team is not consistent enough and quite frankly, it's outmanned uh, to Absolutely. go out and win down the stretch. When you look at the teams that they're playing down the stretch, it'd be one thing if they were playing Vanderbilt and Ole Miss again. I, and even though they lost, it'd be nice to see Texas A&M on the schedule again. They do get South Carolina and Vanderbilt at home, but to play those teams twice rather than having to play Arkansas or Auburn twice, Kentucky again, in Rupp Arena, they're, they're just outmanned, and they, they're – they're not very talented in terms of competing for a tournament. They're not a tournament team. They're There's too many role IT players. Team and, yeah. Yes, exactly. So that answer has more to do with uh, Tennessee just not having the weapons or, uh, for me, the belief to, to make a, a run down the stretch. So uh, I, I definitely think that uh, Tennessee has positioned itself well to land Zach Evans, and they'll, they'll be battling Ole Miss and um, – maybe Florida if he decides to take his last official visit in March to Florida. So uh, Tennessee has positioned itself about as well as you can with Zach Evans. So I'll, I'll go w- with that answer. All right. I, I put you on the spot, so my apologies for that. But, uh, but yeah, you know, we got some dual sport guys. Uh, you know, we got to gotta get a dual sport question in there. Uh, uh, ben, right. the, the dual sport uh, reporter joining us from Knoxville as always. Uh, we appreciate the time. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you soon and uh, enjoy this this little dead period for you guys as well after the uh, the class of 20 has now been inked. Uh, enjoy some baseball. P- please do that for me. Enjoy some college baseball this weekend. Uh, you, you know I will. I appreciate <laughs> you having me on, Will. 
Hey, I'm Paul Kuharski. And I'm Chad Withrow. We both got new podcasts on the 104.5 The Zone Network. Mine's called Elsewhere. Mine's called Chit Chad. Check them out. We're on Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher. Subscribe, like, and tell your friends. Another minute here on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast before we let you go here on our 30th episode. Feels good. Can't believe we've already gotten uh, to that point. Tennessee Hoops, uh, they're struggling. Another loss over the weekend, this time to Kentucky, and ESPN's Basketball Power Index gave Tennessee a 51% chance to win that game. And before the game started, I said to myself, and I said on Twitter as well, I'm not sure I understand that. Because that seemed like a projection completely based off of history and based off of what Tennessee had done against Kentucky at home in the past couple of years. Without Josiah James, Tennessee, they've cut down substantially on the turnovers. And you saw that against Kentucky. Just eight turnovers in that game, but the Vols shot it very poorly uh, from three-point range against the Kentucky Wildcats in the 30% range in the past couple games from three. They've been bad inside the arc as well, but they've also been bad on the glass. They've really missed Josiah James' rebounding ability uh, in in that paint. He's second on the team with 5.7 rebounds per game and really has a knack on where to be and how to rebound the basketball when it comes out to the perimeter. Tennessee is a team of role players. There is not an alpha, literally and figuratively. There is no alpha on the floor, and I believe off the floor either, that's going to look guys in the eye and hold them accountable for what they're doing on the floor right now. Now, that being said, I do think there is potential for one. Devontae Gaines, I think, is an alpha-like leader and player on and off the court for the Tennessee team. But you look for where the Vols are going right now for scoring, for defense, for offense. I'm not finding a guy who is the dude. And I don't mean dude as in somebody who can score, because John Fulkerson is fine on the low block and has be, has really become a solid piece for Tennessee. John Fulkerson is a compliment. He is the appetizer or the dessert. He's not the main course. You don't want to eat chips and queso for every meal. John Fulkerson is your chips and queso. You need a main course. You need a Lamonte Turner when he was still healthy. A Grant Williams, who you throw it down to when you're not hitting shots and when you're struggling offensively and you say, I'm throwing up my hands and letting you take over. That's what Rick Barnes' team have been built around since year number one with Kevin Punter. Even when the balls weren't very good. That was the M.O. for that team. Number zero makes you go. Then it was Grant Williams. Now, well, because of injuries, there's not one of those guys. Roche Plavsic has got to grow up. He's got to become stronger and more confident in, as, in what he's doing because he's the biggest guy on the floor no matter who's playing against him. Jordan Bowden looks timid, he looks scared, he looks like he's afraid to be the guy and take the hard shots. And you know who was never afraid of taking a shot? Was Lamonte Turner. Because that dude, when the going got tough late in the basketball game, was not afraid, as he said in his own words, 
was not afraid of looking his teammates in the eye and justifying why he took a certain shot late in the game. Jordan Bowden, on the other hand, looks like the exact opposite. He looks timid. He looks like he cannot be held accountable for the shots and the decisions that he's making on the court. Honestly, I think if he was sitting in this recording studio right now here in Nashville, I think he'd probably admit something very similar. That's the issue Tennessee has right now. So I don't want to hear about Rick Barnes not recruiting or a lack of development on this team or the lack of coaching or Barnes getting paid too much. The talent, I believe, is there. But Santiago Viscovi, not an alpha leader. Jordan Bowden, looking timid. John Fulkerson is a compliment. He's a role player. Eve Pons, quiet, bashful on the court, has a game that you would think would make him a big, demonstrative, strong personality. It's not who he is. He's never going to be that. Josiah James has been banged up all season, according to Rick Barnes, including right now. He's still day-to-day with a groin issue. He maybe hasn't had a fair chance to be that guy. Off the bench, Olivier Kamwa, he, he isn't ready yet to play as many minutes as he is, but he's being thrust into a role. Drew Pember, he's being thrust into a role before he's ready. It's going to take somebody to step in there and be the dude for Tennessee. And luckily, they've got a lot of those guys coming next season. But for 2019 and 20, yeah, Tennessee can beat some teams. When they have their day shooting, they can beat anybody in the country. But don't expect them to have much of an identity different than what we've already seen because I think we've seen the best and the worst that this team has to offer us in 2019 and 2020. Okay, so that's going to do it here for... Episode number 30 on the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. Uh, I hope you'll continue to subscribe. Have the conversation with us here on the UT Podcast. Certainly thank Ben McKee for his time as well. He's been a a big friend of the program here on the UT Podcast. But we'll be talking every week, off-season football storylines. We'll also talk basketball, maybe even throw in some college baseball if you're good, if you all uh, appreciate it. Five-star reviews, any kind of reviews. Leave a comment on Apple Podcasts or Spotify where I know you can leave uh, a little comment in that bar. But as you know, wherever you get your podcasts. uh, And check out some of our other stuff we've got going on here on the 104.5 Podcast Network. Lots of originals, lots of featured interviews uh, that you certainly won't want to miss during this football offseason. We will talk to you next week. Episode 31 is coming up around the corner. But until then, I'm Will Bowling, and this is the Ultimate Tennessee Podcast. Hello, Tennessee fans. As a four-year member of the Pride of Southland Marching Band, I know all about teamwork, precision, and the importance of good sound. This is Ronnie Bowling at Brentwood Hearing Center. Our doctors of audiology would like to team with you to find the most precise solution to your hearing challenges. Whether it's streaming music, watching television, or even enjoying the halftime show, we don't want you to miss a beat because of your hearing. Give us a call today at 615-377-0420 or learn more at BrentwoodHearingCenter.com.